Okay, we're in the middle of some intense drama. This rich guy named Naval, he's having a Chagagez, a sheep shearing party, and David sends 10 of his boys to ask Naval if he can have some food for David and his men, since Naval is having this big party anyway. And David did Naval a lot of favors when Naval's shepherds were out in the wilderness with David's men. So they approach Naval and ask for food. But Naval responds in a really nasty way and he says, who is David and who is this Benny Shai anyway? He's just a slave who rebelled against his master. He's nothing special. And then he defiantly says, you think I'm going to take my food and my drink and give it to someone I don't know? So that's Naval's response. And David's response to Naval's response was like this. I'm going to kill him and everybody around him. And we discussed at length in Oleshi or where David is coming from, what is driving him to react this way and what triggered his harsh response to Naval's response. And now let's pick up where we left off. David and his 400 men with 200 men staying back to do their guard duty. They're on their way to wipe out Naval. And now the story switches to Naval's house. What's going on over there? And it says like this in verse 14, and Avigail, who was Naval's wife, and we talked about her at the beginning of the chapter, the verses said that she was very wise and very beautiful. Nothing like Naval. It says, Narechad, one of the youths, and this is Avigail's own servants. Naval was so wealthy that Naval had his servants and his wife Avigail had her personal servants. So one of her servants said to her and said like this, she updates Avigail concerning what happened and how Naval turned away David's servants. And this servant tells Avigail like this, Vihine shalach David malachim. He tells her that David sent messengers, Meyamidbar, from the desert, to give a blessing to our master. And literally means he pounced upon them. Here it'll mean he insulted them. He kicked them out. So Abigail's servant is rehashing what we know. She's letting Abigail know about what happened. And he obviously thinks it wasn't right. And now he's going to elaborate what David's men did for Naval's servants that they are indebted to David a little bit while they were in the wilderness. And the servant explains why he thinks it wasn't right for David's men to get treated that way. So he says like this to Abigail, verse 15, And David's men, those people were very good to us. We weren't embarrassed or mistreated by them. And that's interesting. He's using the same words that David told his servants to say to Naval. We didn't embarrass them. And the servant adds, And nothing was missing from us. All the time we were with them in the fields, nothing was ever missing from us. That is, when we were in the pasture and our flocks grazed, nothing got stolen from us. And David and his men, they had something to do with that. So what Avigal's servant is saying is exactly what David was telling his men to tell Naval back then when they asked for food, that we didn't bully your servants and none of your herd got lost. But now the servant adds something else that David didn't mention. Verse 16. They were like a wall for us, a choma. Both night and both day, all the time we were in the pasture with the sheep, they were protecting us. They were like a choma, a wall. So again, that's something new that the servant is mentioning, that David's men protected them like a wall from thieves and or whatever else can bother a shepherd out there in the fields alone. So we see now that David's men, they really did provide a service and they wanted something for it because they did help Naval's business. And the servant is saying to Avigail like this, 
your husband, Naval, he did real bad. Not only did he act cruelly to David's messengers, who were hungry and thirsty when they came to him, not only did he curse them out, and he cursed out David too, but these people helped us. They did us a favor out there. And Naval is being not only cheap, he's being ungrateful. And now the servant will get to the major point. And so now, think it over what you can do. Because disaster is hanging over our master and over the entire household. The servant is saying here to Abigail, listen, we're in big trouble. And the verse says like this, And that literally means, and he is a vulgar person when you speak to him. Now, what does that have to do with it? What is this servant saying here at the end of the verse? Who ben bliyal medaberalav? He's a vulgar person when you speak to him. So simply put, Rashi says like this. The servant is saying like this, that you can't talk to him. Naval is such a vulgar person. You can't talk to him. And that's why I'm coming to you. That's what the servant means here at the end of the verse. When he says, who ben bliyal medaberalav? The servant is saying, I can't speak to him. He'll just get angry. He'll lose his temper. Vulgar, crude person. He's a Ben Blial. The Malbim, he interprets it like this. Who Ben Blial Medoberalov? He's a vulgar person when you speak to him. Not that you can't speak to him, but he spoke to David like a Ben Blial. The servant is saying he spoke like a Ben Blial. He spoke crudely to David's servants in a vulgar way when he said, there's lots of slaves who rebelled against their masters, etc. That was what he means, that he speaks like a Ben Blial. He spoke to David's servants in a vulgar way. And Rabbi Kahana comments that, look how the servant is talking about his boss. He's trashing him. And it shows how the people, they just can't stand Naval. His own servant is talking about him in this way, that he's a Ben Belial, he's a vulgar, crude idiot, can't speak to him. So the Rav says, this is like measure for measure. Naval cursed out David and said, he's just a slave who rebelled against his master. That's how he insulted David. And now we see here, Naval's servant really is rebelling against his master. He's calling his master a crude jerk that you can't talk to. Okay, so up to now, we interpreted who Ben Blial Medaberalov. He's a base person. You can't speak to him. That it's going on Naval. But the Redak and the Tirgum Yonatan says that this verse is going on David. That David is the Ben Blial. He's a base, crude person. And you can't talk to him. The servant is saying, you can't speak to David. There's no reasoning with him. He's going to attack us without warning. And that also could make sense that the servant is saying, David is a coarse, crude person. He has a bad temper. He's going to attack us. We're in danger. Okay, so either way you look at it, whether Naval is the wicked one who you can't talk to or David is the wicked one who you can't talk to, either way, the servant is saying that this entire household is in big trouble. He says, disaster is hanging over us. That evil is hanging over our master and our entire house. So he's saying to Avigail, you have to do something about this. So let's see what Avigail does. And Avigail acted quickly. And she took 200 loaves of bread and two big jugs of wine. See, in those days, they didn't drink water. They drank wine. And five prepared sheep. Listen to this list here. And five seah of roasted grain and 200 clusters of raisins. And she loaded them on the donkey. And so, yeah, David is going to need a lot of food. He's got 600 men and their families with him. And she's going to bring tons of food. And she's got servants to help her out. She's got donkeys to load them up upon. And Rabbi Kahana explains a little bit what she's doing. When you do tshuva, there are two steps in the process. 
of repentance. Let's say somebody stole something from someone. So that person, he has to ask for forgiveness, but he also has to return what he stole. Without these two components, there's no tshuva. So this is kind of what like Avigal is doing here. Her husband, Naval, behaved poorly. She's got to fix that. So the first thing she does, she brings David the food. Fix that part of Naval's sin and make sure that these hungry men are fed. After that, she'll ask forgiveness for the nasty behavior of her husband. But first things first, feed those hungry boys. Okay, so let's read on and we'll see more and more of her wisdom. She's like this in verse 19. V'tomer l'na'ara, and she said to her servant, Ivru l'fanai, when you're bringing this stuff to him, you go on ahead of me. Hineni achrechem ba, I'll come after you. Ulisha naval lo igida, and the verse tells us she did not tell her husband naval any of this. Okay, so this reminds us a little bit when Jacob, when he had to confront Esau, he also sent servants ahead of him bearing gifts. But why does she do this here? Why send her servants with the food ahead of her? The Malbim says that by doing it that way, her husband Naval, he won't notice as much that she left. That is, if everybody goes all together, her too, he'll know something happened. Naval will feel her absence more. And she doesn't want him to know, as the verse says, V'naval lo igida. She did not tell her husband. She doesn't want him to know, so she doesn't go right away. The Obarbanel gives another reason why Avigail sent her servants out ahead of her. Because she wants, first of all, she wants David's men to eat. She wants them to see the food before she starts making any speeches. She'll talk to David later. But first, let them eat. So she didn't go along at the beginning. And she knew also that if they eat first and their stomachs are full, they'll listen to her a lot better. Because again, she has something to say to them. She's got to prevent them from wiping out the household. That's her mission here. So first of all, brings them the food, and then her words will fall upon more receptive ears. So she knows what she's doing here. First, get the food out and talk later. And we said that the final part of the verse is, and she did not tell her husband, Naval, any of this. And we already know why her servant said so, because you can't talk to him. He's a vulgar man. You can't talk to him. So she didn't tell him. And regarding the fact that she did not tell her husband anything, Rabbi Kahana mentions that we see here that you don't have to honor your husband in this situation. Of course, it's a mitzvah for the wife to honor the husband and the husband to honor the wife. And the wife shouldn't brazenly just go against her husband. But in this situation, because he's sinning and she's trying to fix it, she can't tell her husband anything, obviously. It's okay to keep secrets here. So of course she's not going to tell her husband because if her husband finds out about it, he'll object to it. Okay, so her servants go out before her and she's now got to go on her way to stop David because he's on his way to take vengeance. He's on a mission of vengeance and she's got to get to him before he gets to Naval. Okay, so now she's going to go out. And she was riding on a donkey. And she was coming down under the cover of the mountain. And that's a very poetic verse. She descended in the ravine of the mountain. It sounds kind of mysterious. The shot is that she was hidden by the mountain she was descending, and so David couldn't see her at the beginning. She's like in the gorge of the mountain. And then the verse says, David And David and his men descended towards her, and she met them. Okay, now, before they actually meet, the next two verses, David is going to tell us how he's feeling here, what's on his mind as he's descending the mountain. And he says like this, Verse 21, 
V'david Amar, and David said, all this time, I've been guarding for this guy for nothing. I've been watching his property in vain. It's all been in vain. And he continues, nothing of his was ever missing. And he's paid me back. He's paid me back evil for my good. And now he's going to continue to say how he's going to kill this guy. It says in verse 22, by morning light, I am not going to leave alive a mashtin bakir, a urinator on the wall. That's what he says in verse 22. He's not going to leave alive a urinator on the wall. That's what it literally says here. So that could mean a dog or a male. Those are the two species which usually urinate on walls. So the pshat here, he's saying that by morning, everyone's going to be wiped out. Even the dogs, even the males, everybody. Okay, so let's look at a couple of things. We see that David's men really did help out Naval shepherds. It wasn't just that they didn't embarrass them or bully them, but they guarded the herd from thieves and maybe animals. So David was right to feel he deserved something. Even if he did it for the mitzvah, he volunteered his services, whatever his motivation was, no question, there were services rendered. We see that from the words of Avigail's servant, that David's men were a choma for us, they were a wolf for us, and David says it here as well. Now, if you've been listening to my previous shiurim, we've been trying to figure out what is driving David here? What triggered his explosive reaction to wipe out Naval and his entire household? And we looked at the Midrashim of Chazal, of our sages in the Midrash, and the way they explain it is David is totally justified. He's acting L'shem Shemayim. He's got pure motives. Because when Naval insulted David, it wasn't just he didn't give him food, but when he insulted him, David is Hashem's choice. Everybody knows it at this point, that he was anointed. And Naval still trashes him like that? That's an affront to the Malchut, to the king that God has chosen. So David is defending God's honor. That's what's driving him here. And the sages explain in verse 13 that when David said, each man gird his sword, he was actually holding a beitin. That is, he was putting Naval up on trial concerning whether Naval deserves to die or not. And that was the significance of holding up a sword that he's guilty. So according to Chazal, David is acting with untainted motives. He's not upset for his honor, but for Hashem's honor. Then we saw it from another angle, which is probably more in line with the pshat, with the simple understanding of the verses, that David is frustrated, he's bitter, and he's out of line a little bit. He loses his temper, and his reaction is over the top. To want to kill everybody? Sounds a little disproportional. Now, if you look at the verses we just read that David said here, that I've watched this guy's goats and his sheep for nothing, None of his stuff was ever missing. I swear to God, I'm going to totally wipe him out and everything he's got. That's basically what it says in verse 21 and 22, right? And so if you look at those verses, what David is actually saying, it does sound kind of personal. David's not saying in these verses, how dare he defies the choice of God who I represent. He's not saying that. He's saying this cheapskate doesn't appreciate all I've done for him. His tone is obviously one of resentment and bitterness. Naval not only didn't give him food, he insulted him. He said, who is David anyway? That seems to be where David is coming from. And I think the Midrash of Chazal are giving us David's justification for what he's doing. He wouldn't just go out and kill people, but he's got a lachic justification for it, for sure. But there's no question from these verses that he is bitter and frustrated. Now, there's a dispute among the commentators. Who is David talking to here when he says these verses? I mean, the verse says he's coming towards Avigail before he met her, and he said these words. When and to whom did he say it? So Rashi says, 
He said it to himself. These were his thoughts. He was saying to himself, this Naval guy, he's a bad guy, I'm going to get him. The Abarbanel says that David said it to his men. He was talking to his men as they were descending the mountain. According to the Dat Mikra, David said it much earlier when David's servants returned and told David what happened. David responded with these words. So all of these are possibilities. Now, Rabbi Kahana, in his commentary, asked like this. How could David even contemplate massacring an entire household? I mean, that's what Saul did in Nov, and that was a sin. It's hard to fathom, no matter how upset David was, that he would actually slaughter everybody in Naval's household? Man, woman, child, animal? So the Rav refers us to the expression, he's going to kill Hamashtin Bakir, the urinators on the wall. Now, it's true that many commentators say that refers to the males. But as recall, others say it's talking about the dogs. So the Rav says that David could be saying here that he's going to wipe out Naval's property. That's what he means by Mashtin Bakir, the urinators on the wall. Because Naval was cheap with his stuff. I'm going to wipe out his stuff, his cattle, and all the animals that make him rich. Those are the urinators on the wall, the animals. Again, because he's cheap with his property, I'll destroy his property measure for measure. So according to that, David never intended to wipe out the males, just Naval and his property. And if Naval's servants put up resistance, yeah, then he'll kill them too. He'll take no prisoners. But even if that's the case, that David wasn't intending to kill everybody, just the animals, that's still over the top. Okay, let's get back to the story. David, we see, is pretty hyped up here. He's going ballistic on Naval. But now we'll see that Avigail will intercept him and she is going to become the hero of this story and we'll study what she does to calm David down and how using her wisdom and her sechel and understanding how she is going to save the day. She is going to be the voice of reason, the adult in the room, and she's going to save the day and we'll see how she does it in our next shiur.